Now, as Jim prepares to read this scripture out of Colossians, again, see this as kind of like what particularly Boy Scouts see as the Boy Scout promise or the Boy Scout law, and see if you can pick out those pieces that we are being asked to follow. Jim? As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks, Peter. As you are able, would you please stand for the reading of the gospel? And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. First of all, I want to welcome the new members again, Tom and Bev, Christy and Jason, and these two beautiful folks who are joining this morning at this service. It's just such a privilege to have them here. And what I said in first service as we went through um, those, because Justin, um, Jason, sorry, and Christy were coming in on profession of faith, we go through this kind of question and answer time. But at the end of that, the congregation is to turn and support those who are coming into membership. And I know that we take that very seriously, but what a privilege it is to have both of you here now in this kind of deepening way among us. 
Scout Sunday. It was one of those cold, miserable storms that hits the Washington coast. And for us, and I was, this was about 1967, and I was probably right in the middle of junior high. It was called junior high back then. And this year, as we were preparing for our 50-miler, we thought it was going to be a picnic, a piece of cake, because instead of going into the mountains this time to the Cascades and the multiple switchback places that our leaders seem to love to take us, or the Olympics, where there were the long, slow, gradient rises that never seemed to disappear and seemed to go in both directions. I don't know how they did it, but I think they figured it out. This time, the 50-miler was going to be on the wilderness area of the Washington coast. Piece of cake. Baby, this is going to be great. Sandy beaches. Sunshine in August. Lighter packs. But I remember preparing, and I remember memorizing those 10 essentials plus five or six I remember packing for this trip, and there's a reason I remember all of it. The other two essentials on this trip, beyond the essentials that you see on the board that David created, were two things. A tide book, and a book of the tides, as well as a topographical map, so that you could identify the points, each of which that stick out, very much like what you see here, to make sure that in many cases you couldn't walk around them, you had to climb over those points. Don Duncan's sons were both a part of my scout troop, and Don at that point was senior editor for the Seattle Post-Intelligencer. And so for this trip, he thought it would be kind of nice to have a photographer with us from the PI. And so that photographer was with us. And on about day three, um, as he scaled one of these kinds of little areas so that he could take that beautiful picture of the scout troop, you know, in one line hiking the Washington coast. And he was an avid outdoorsman, but he took one bad step and fell about 40 feet and did major damage to at least two or three discs in his back. Well, that's day three of about a seven-day trip. It was my older brother Rick and another of the the young scout leaders, patrol leaders, who knew as we tried to make him comfortable using all the first aid skills that we had, uh, sprinted, literally, ran the 20-some-odd miles to find the ranger state, the nearest ranger station, to send a helicopter to chopper him out and to the hospital. What we learned at that point, and he he was fine, he was okay, um, but we also learned that timing is everything particularly on this trip. It was not a picnic. No way was it a picnic. If you've ever been along any kind of longer section of the Washington coast, you know that many of the places are just rock outcroppings covered with those really fun little, looks like kelp pods that you can pop, you know, and that that slippery, terrible, difficult rock that you have to climb over There are a few sandy beaches, but most of those sandy beaches are covered with the dreaded sand fleas, something that we never were quite able to get out of our sleeping bags. 
But what happened as a result of the accident with this gentleman was it threw the tides and the timing off. The next day we rounded one of those kinds of points and came to a a place where it was about a mile between point to point. But because the tides changed, the timing was off. And the problem is that point was very much like what you see here. The only way to get beyond it was to go around it. And by about midway through this mile-long place, we knew, particularly our our leaders knew, that we were going to be caught by the tide. There was no panic. We trusted those leaders. There was no panic. We knew that we were prepared. But the other piece of this is, as we were trying to figure out how we were going to scale that hillside, hillside, almost cliff-like in some places, that's when the storm hit. And it was one of those Washington storms that comes with the 30-mile-an-hour winds and the rain that comes pelting down, not straight down, but as an angle right in your face, that causes everything to become much more slippery. And watched in wonderment as one of the older boys climbed this cliff-like face and tied himself to a tree and then lowered the climbing rope knowing that now we had some desperation to get up the cliff. And beginning with the younger, one more leader went up, and then the younger boys, and then some of us who were in the middle, and then the older boys, and finally the leaders. And by the time that last leader was up, literally the tide was lapping against the bottom of his boots. I remember that night as though it was yesterday. These kinds of things do this to us, do they not? We had to each tie ourselves to a tree and try and bivouac somehow in our sleeping bags, knowing this was going to be a very cold night, somehow cover ourselves with our, our ground cloths or our ponchos in whatever way we could. And, but the, the, the key thing that I remember that night was the way that we made sure that everybody was okay. And those of you that, that watched the TV show The Waltons, you remember how they ended every night before bed. Good night, John boy. Good night, Melissa. Good night. Good night. Instead of good night, we had a sequence where every single name was called to just check in and make sure that they weren't struggling with hypothermia in the midst of this cold. We got through the night, and, and finally were able to get down and timed it in such a way that we could get around that point. And what we saw when we finally got around the point was Shangri-La. It was that unusual sandy beach with a little creek coming out of it. And we were able to build multiple fires and knew that we were going to take an extended day and just warm up. But what I will tell you is that I don't know that any of us could have gotten through that night as well if we weren't absolutely knowledgeable about the things that are on that board. The day before, helping this man after this fall, and he literally could not move. He was in such excruciating pain. But setting him still and comforting him and offering first aid because of what we learned at Scouts. Of surviving on that night, knowing that we had extra food in our packs, each one of us, and could pull that food out and eat it, throughout the night, knowing that if we needed to, our flashlights were right there, knowing that we had those kinds of extra things that we could surround ourselves with, knowing the knots that were required to tie ourselves to those trees. 
And literally, can you just see it? All 16 to 20 of us tied to trees to make sure we could get through the night. But again, each name being called in sequence to make sure that everyone was okay. The essentials kicked in then. And in a way that I hope you sense as you say the Lord's Prayer, that this is not just something we say and wrote every Sunday, but this truly is to give us a piece of the essentials for our Christian lives. That as we go through those, we first turn to God as the choir prepared us with the Sanctus, that it is holy, a holy God that we worship. And then it talks about our potential role in the world to bring heaven to earth and that heavenly balance that is there, our needs and the needs of others that we are to support and give, that we are to both offer and receive forgiveness in those places. But what that means is we've got to know what they are. On and on to recognize the dangers that surround us in life and then close again by recognizing the gift of God, really just for this life. It's an amazing prayer. But it is a list of essentials that are essential to each one of us. Do you recognize that? I hope you do. But then as we look at the Colossian scripture, I I kept looking at this this week and thinking, here is the Christian promise. I mean, think about those words that Jim read. Hear it this way, maybe. As one seeking to follow Christ, I promise that I will clothe myself with compassion, offer kindness, Be humble, that I will know my need for meekness before the power that created the universe, that created that. That I will always seek to bear with others even in times of complaint or challenge. That I will always be prepared to offer forgiveness to those who need it and to seek it from those that I have hurt. I promise that I will clothe myself in love, the kind of love that we see in 1 Corinthians 13 and the same love I see in Christ. And that I will let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. I will seek to live these things in all that I do, for I recognize that these are my Christian essentials. I guess the final piece for me, friends, is that We recognize that if you look around you this morning, you heard the prayer needs and that what we do in the midst of this place, in the midst of this time, that we're able to call each other by name to make sure that everyone is okay. And the risks may not be hypothermia. It could be dizziness and being in bed. They could be families that are in crisis. They could be information that we've gotten from our doctors over a surgery that may be needed. It could be recovering from something. It could be worry about our children. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be the celebration of an upcoming wedding or a baptism or the celebration of gifted folks six of them coming into membership in this church. 
but we know each other by name because we've taken the time to learn the names and learn the needs and to not hesitate to call out. That's the other essential. That's the church. And so as we come into this time, particularly in this 50th anniversary that is Aldersgate, my prayer is that we continue to deepen our understanding of the essentials and our relationships with each other as we seek to respond to the world, particularly in times like this. The essentials. Will you pray with me? God of creation, I thank you for these organizations. For each one of them. For the time and dedication of leaders who seek to deepen relationships with young men and young women so that they might learn the skills and the relationships in such a healthy way that will help each one of them carry themselves through life. I praise you for a troop that has produced 54 Eagle Scouts. And I praise you for the Girl Scouts and those who have achieved their gold awards and those that may be working on them now and even on their silver awards. And for those younger groups that help prepare the way, I ask your blessing on each one of them. And today on this troop that has for 44 years been a part of this church, we thank you for that. Finally, I ask that you help us hold the essentials close in our hearts, that remember and carry with us at all times for any circumstance the compassion and the love, the hope and the encouragement, and maybe most importantly, the names of those we seek to support, whether here or beyond these doors. All this I ask in the powerful name of the one we seek to follow, Jesus Christ. Amen.